What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Another week out in the wild here in Vegas. I've been out of my cage. Oh, you've been out doing things. Been out doing things. I've been also still staying a little bit active in the social media. In other words, I saw some of your tweets yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a little bit of uh, an issue with some of the tweets I saw. I I know. I know what you're discussing because I I saw what you did. And uh, I I, I got to, uh, you know, kind of uh, do what I've been doing in New York. Uh, but yeah, you've been out and about, Matt. Uh, you, well, listen, you listen. Saw, if you've ever heard the expression, I was there, man. You saw a sporting match. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but this isn't called. even about that. This is about you. This is about the Twitter uh, rampage you went on. Oh, <laughs> rampage. I don't know yes. if I went on a rampage. <laughs> I mean, it was it was very clear how you felt about the situation. <laughs> All right, you let's were get put it. it. You, were, you were spreading false news. False Fake news. news. <laughs> Misinformation, as uh, they no, say. No. Okay, this is about this has to do with the Patriots Knights game. Uh <laughs> being being Patriots being my team. And okay. You you gotta be honest though, Matt. The the, the you're your only uh Knights fan or, or no, sorry, Raiders. Excuse me. What am I talking <laughs> about? Knights is uh Knights is hockey. Uh the Raiders, you're only a Raiders fan because they're in Vegas. Your team is the Dolphins. So I don't like listen, you taking sides on this. <laughs> listen, it's in it's in the Dolphins' interest for the Patriots to lose to the Raiders, number one. We are, number by two, the way. We are depending the, anyone who knows me well enough knows Whichever city I'm in might might vary which hat I wear. Okay, fair. I'm a, I'm a yeah. fan of the sport. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I enjoy cheering on a home team, mm-hmm. and in this case, of course, it's it's the Raiders, which does happen to also favor the Dolphins in this case. But I've been to many a New England game at at, uh, at Gillette. Yeah, or at least a handful, a few yeah. back when I was living there, um, and I enjoyed those games too. Um, but one of your tweets, I, I, there were a couple, but one of them was it was out of bounds. Oh, that was totally out of bounds. <laughs> and a, let me tell you, <laughs> as someone who was there, yeah, it was inbounds. Uh, I I gotta tell you, Matt, um, you may not have been able to actually see from your seats, uh, but uh, we had all the camera angles that showed it was out of bounds. <laughs> I we, we they showed it in the arena from uh-huh. various angles that you may not have seen, and it's about where the foot strikes first. And yes, eventually that foot did, the toe may have gone out of bounds, <laughs> but it, it, you know how if it scrapes the field, yeah. that counts. It didn't first hit the line. It hit prior to the line in some of the camera angles that the, and the, and the crowd knew it. The crowd knew it. All I'm saying, though, is uh, we're talking about the end of the, yeah, the Pats Raiders game. There was a. Which uh, was one of the most exciting the end, hi- games in history. Oh, my God. So embarrassing. That was that was the main tweet I did. It was so embarrassing for the Patriots. Uh, right. The way that ended. But, uh, yeah, they gave up a, a touchdown at the end to tie it up. Uh, and then uh, this terrible flea flicker play. That, For uh, no reason. Yeah, that just ended up getting intercepted and the Raiders running it back and winning the game in the last second instead of going to overtime. <laughs> so, like, right. even if I concede that, yes, the touchdown was fair, it should have been a, at least an overtime game, which it ended up not being. Uh, I'll give you this. Had it been called out of bounds on the field, there would not have been information to overturn that. 
had it been called a touchdown, which it yeah, was, I right. don't think there's information to overturn that yeah, either. And right. I and I don't think a bad call was made. I think a close call was made. Yeah. Also, but imagine I, calling that in real time in either way. I want to just um, um, uh, uh, feel for our listeners that don't expect us to be talking sports on my magic. <laughs> that is not a usual occurrence. Uh, well, but there's yeah. more sports coming, actually. No, I know, I know. Oh, How do you know? Oh no! I was just gonna say it's just I was just gonna talk more about. Oh no! This I meant game. I meant today. <laughs> Literally, I have more sports oh. bullet points. Oh, good to know. Good to know. <laughs> well, I was gonna say I. So I. Well, first of all, I don't think my tweet about um, fans being able to airdrop uh, different angles to the ref is not a bad idea. I think that would be fun. Like I took you, it as a personal attack. If you were right there at the line and like you were filming, I think that you should be able to send your video from the stands to the refs to prove it either way, right? Like If you saw it, it was like clear from your angle, you, know, you should be able to airdrop that to the refs. So I can't that, imagine that any issues that could come from allowing <laughs> such a policy as that. Not, I think that would just work perfectly and smoothly the first time. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You'd have the definitive angle. <laughs> right. I mean, you might have someone doing like a selfie in the foreground. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Having to- been at the game and seeing the behavior of adults at football games uh, – for the two that I've been to in the past few weeks here, I can't imagine there being any issues yeah. with the referees receiving anything obscene whatsoever. <laughs> that's a that's a good point. You probably have to like uh, weed out the like the nudity or whatever. Or the, or the nudity obs- is the first place you went. Or the obscenity. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So the other thing too, Matt was like, it's like I kind of have a day off Sunday, like. Maybe I'll do what you did, Matt, and like take a quick trip and catch Patriots versus Raiders in Vegas. I've never you been consider to consider this. Never, never been to Allegiant Stadium. Like it'd be a good excuse to go to Vegas and like come back the next day, or we could have recorded this in person. Uh, Alas, but, what happened? But I'm just gonna say I'm so glad I did not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, a lot of people did. Yeah. Um, And I think this is the case, honestly, if you go to a game in Miami, which is like a tourist destination, if you come to a uh, a Raiders football game, um, I mean, I don't know if it's just this is my first time at the stadium here, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if the Patriots fans just come out in droves, but I mean, 50 percent. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, there was no home field advantage, like third Mm -hmm. downs were loud. When the home team was, you know, on third down Um, and it was loud the other way, too, which was interesting, but maybe 50 percent patriot fans uh and Mm -hmm. it showed on friday and saturday night at the show when i do like hey anyone from rhode island you know half the room erupts just because they're very familiar (laughs) with rhode island even if they're not from there yeah um and they were all in for the pats game so that was that was kind of interesting and awesome as well yeah at this point i will point out that you know you do mention rhode island in your show and uh Mm -hmm. rhode island is a part of new england uh you know a region that roots for the patriots matt just uh, as a record for you to in case you forgot that uh (laughs) yeah and just just to clarify i live in Las Vegas. Right. Still root, you know, it's different, though. The it, it, it's, it, is, it is interesting, though, how because having gone to some Golden Knight games, who yeah. you mentioned yeah, yeah, by yeah. accident yeah, earlier, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm still tying that in. Sure, right? sure, I'm sure, still yeah. going to tie that in. Uh, like, the local turnout at that is yeah. insane. And I yeah. think it's because the Vegas Knights didn't exist before. Right, right. 
Right. And it was actually the first professional team in Vegas as well. Absolutely. So, so the local turnout there is, is very high. And I think the local turnout at the Raiders game is high as well. Mm-hmm. But also you have people coming in from California that were like yeah. OG um, Raiders fans and whatnot. Yeah. So it's just a little bit more spread out. I'm just waiting for the day we cut to the stands and we see Matt Franco with silver and black face paint <laughs> going all out Raiders fan. <laughs> I pulled up, pulled up a couple of Boston guys the night before the game, mm-hmm. and this guy went this guy went by Bugga. That was his nickname. No way. That is yeah. so Boston. <laughs> uh, yeah, him and his buddy Ike came up, and they were they like Bugga was basically. Uh, like uh, if you ask someone to dress up in a Boston Halloween costume, mm. that was him. That's amazing. <laughs> and it was amazing. And they were great participants. And I loved having him up there. It was like having a piece of home yeah. up there. Yeah. But he mentioned that he was doing the full face paint and the full getting decked out for the uh, for, for the game pat, the next the day. Pats. And I always wanted to meet uh, people who do that because yeah. I've never done it. It's, I don't I don't I highly doubt that you've done it. No, no, no. I think the closest I've gotten it was like a spirit day in high school. I think I did like the school colors once on the my painting? Fa- on my face. Just a face paint. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like full full face or just no. like a little logo somewhere. Yeah, probably just a little, a little logo. Like I I've yeah. never gone full out like those people that do like the whole body paint and like a shirt off. I was like, also, New England's very cold. Vegas less so, but still, like. With, with all due respect, I don't need the visual of either of us doing full body paint right now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, not imagery I was hoping to oh, see, man. you know, at this yeah, time of yeah. day right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't, I don't knock either of us for never having done that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, so I I mean it was just a just a weird uh, sad way to start my Hanukkah. Uh, also, oh, happy Hanukkah by the way. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe my uh, my one of my favorite all time Patriots players was there, and uh, uh, Julian Edelman. He also was very upset with the outcome and just was like, "What are we doing?" Especially that last random play that was just didn't make sense. Uh, and uh, I was just like, "He ruined." They, they ruined both of our Hanukkahs for me and Julian Edelman. <laughs> so. Yeah. It was a strange decision to do that uh, kind of scramble at the end there. Yeah. And unnecessary. You know, yeah. I, the first one wasn't planned. I guess that wasn't part of the playbook, but it happened. But the second one that was like a 16. Yeah. Or it wasn't more than 16 yards. I mean, it, it was like a. A it big was, backward toss. What did you expect to happen? It, it was bad. I'm ready to move on. I don't want to re- live in this. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's keep harping no. on this. Um, can, can we stay on football for a second? Sure. Though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, pivoting to college ball. Okay. I don't watch college ball. I'm not a – yeah, me neither. Uh, I mean, I watched maybe one game from my school when I was mm-hmm. at school, but we were mm-hmm. a D3 school. But we had a big rivalry with Cortland, and the Cortica Jug was like the big uh, Ithaca versus Cortland battle. But uh, other than right. that, I don't really – if I went to a D1 school, I'd probably watch it more. But yeah. uh, Yes, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not an observer. However, um, I'm familiar with a lot of the schools, having been to them, as I'm sure you are as well. Yeah, uh, we had the LV Bowl. Oh, here on Saturday there was a game, mm-hmm. and I believe on Thursday night we had both teams from the LV Bowl and their coaches, mm-hmm. which is about three hundred people, mm. which is a huge percentage of the Matt Franco Theater. Oh, they all were all 
at your show? All at the show. Wow, that's it was amazing. A, it was a substantial, you know, like mm-hmm. I said, it's it's a buyout of, of a huge percentage of the room, so it totally shifts the dynamic. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I wanted to get into a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I um, want to hear about had that for sure. Oregon State. Mm-hmm. and University of Florida, the Gators. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I've been to many, many times I over the I've years. I think i performed at both, yeah. You might have. And and, and uh, for both of those, it, whenever it comes to, a, like like you're saying, because we, we've done a lot of colleges, it's usually like if I've been to it, I root for that team. But like right. if I've been to both, I don't know what to do. <laughs> right. Um, but anyway, fantastic to have them at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was sort of... It wasn't a secret that they were coming and they had to be taken in through like private entrances and things like that because they can't be like a picture of them in the casino or something like that. A slot machine or something would be bad. So especially um, with those big schools, they're essentially celebrities because people do watch college ball and like, you know, they're tracking the players. They know people on the teams and stuff like that. So it's essentially you have two teams of celebrities in your audience right yeah yeah Yeah, and like but and i talked about this when i did that gig uh for the raiders players and their coaches like it's a total there's there's just so much um and i even talked about it for the nfl draft like there's so much testosterone Mm -hmm. in the room um it totally changed the vibe but a lot of fans of the teams of college ball were at the show because they sort of knew that they were going to be there but there's still a small percentage of people that just either had tickets or chose to buy tickets like that week right. to that show. Yeah. Like, oh, let's go to this show. Yeah. And I've... they found themselves in a room full of college <laughs> kids, you know, college football players, huge college students. <laughs> yeah. I'm picturing just like, all right, nice family vacation. We're going to go check out, you know, Matt Franco. Oh, yeah. I remember him from America's Got Talent and all this other stuff. Uh, let's go see the show. And then you walk in and you look around like, where am I? Who <laughs> are. <laughs> Who are these audience members? Why are they all very large college students? <laughs> yeah. So the pacing changes of everything, like the things that are funny or not funny change yeah. drastically. Um, so it was like a much faster paced show because when the laughs don't linger the same way. Right. Right. You, you, your pacing changes and everything like that. So it was um, definitely, a, it, it, but they also get like rowdier too. Oh, I'm sure. And they start these yeah. like hoot, hoot, hoot chances, chant, chants. And yeah. then also there's like booing oh. each other because you have both rival teams in the room. Oh, that's a weird dynamic. Where yeah. are you from? Florida. <laughs> Half the, and they were purposely seated on different sides of the room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, separated by a pretty substantial center aisle. Yeah. But uh, wow, what an interesting dynamic. That is really interesting. Did you play up? The rivalry at all during the show? Did you like uh, adjust any of the, you didn't change like the, the material per se, but like the, any lines that you added? I did change yeah. some of the material and, and just like being able to incorporate them into the show and the show's mm-hmm. finale and things oh, like cool, that. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did like I wanted to diminish the rivalry, so to speak, and just kind of make it more. I I, I knew right off the bat, like okay, yeah, asking where someone's from is not the way to go here. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so instead, I'll pull up like one from each team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also, I was being co- co- conscious of like not only using people from right that fifty percent of the audience because there are other people just there to see the show. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Um. Anyway, plus so, you're already aware, you know, back in your college days. 
you know, you don't want to play up the rivalry because you've done a show where a fight has broken out <laughs> in your crowd before. Absolutely. <laughs> so Absolutely. Let's avoid that. <laughs> and it's funny too. It's like there's strength in like numbers in a way. Like once they all get together, there's like this um the Mom. rivalry sort of strengthens. But yeah. before the game, I met maybe three or four players from each team. And it was completely indistinguishable as to who was from which team. Yeah, we're hanging absolutely. out. Yeah, yeah. We're laughing. They're collaborating. I'm doing some close-up magic for them for fun, for nice. like you know yeah. their social media or ESPN social media, whatever it is. And like, there, I, I, I literally would have no idea who is who. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> right. So like, but Everyone's as soon as chill, the yeah. numbers grew, it was a whole different story. Yeah, it's that mob mentality, right? So they're exactly with the, with the, everyone. Uh, you know, kind of, um, kind of. Um, allows everyone to kind of get into that mind frame. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so crazy. That's great. Yes. So those are the shows I was doing out here. Uh, I had a friend wow. visiting that was here for some of that. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been a good, it's been a good few days. What have you been doing? You had a very football filled, uh, week. well, those are the things I yeah. chose to highlight yeah. in this exact moment. Yeah. There were other activities too, believe it or not, but, uh, Absol- those two, those two went together well yeah. in uh, terms of segues and so on. Well, in terms of rowdiness, um, I, I've been doing a lot of speakeasy. Uh, I think I did three nights last week, maybe. Uh, but um, they they were great. They were really really fun. Uh, but uh, one night, you know, sometimes sometimes you get the mob mentality of a whole audience uh, that are seated at separate tables from one another. Uh, because one of the nights we did, just the whole audience seemed extra drunk. Like super drunk, like some tables worse than others. It's really hard. We've talked about this in the past, performing for drunk audiences. There's different strategies you gotta kind of change gears towards. But at one table in specific, I thought I was gonna bond with because they mentioned they're from Boston. So I was like, oh yeah, Boston, I got that background. Uh, I started to perform my set and quickly realized uh, the the right side of the table was like, too drunk to even comprehend what was happening and the other the the left side was like drunk enough to just not be interested (laughs) 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 so they were like you know like we're gonna get up and go to the bathroom was like all right and then so i had like half a table to perform for and uh i two people right in the middle great i just did the whole show for them right (laughs) Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But the uh, the funniest part and why I brought this up is because once I was finished the set, one of the people on the uh, far right uh, just went over and to me and goes, wait, you read minds at the end, end of the set. So I just <laughs> my line back to them. I was, I was like, yeah, it was actually pretty re- amazing. Uh, if you watched the set, you would have enjoyed it and then got up from <laughs> the table and left. <laughs> I think I would have just said no. <laughs> wait you read minds no yeah, 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 yeah. I read and the you. subtext here is i don't have time for this yeah yeah, yeah. exactly exactly so <laughs> no i don't read minds at all no. it's just one of those things is you never know what you're gonna get and the best is uh you know one of my other uh one of the other performers said to me before i got to that table because they're like uh because we hit the same table sometimes as other performers because they're rotating around they're just like oh that table is great and i was like for you, maybe, because you get them early in the night. <laughs> Before they started the drinking. So, uh, it's amazing how quickly, you know, people yeah. can reach that level of like fun and having yeah. a good time. And then a few minutes later, it's just it's now hit them to a point where it's it's gone well beyond that. 
Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's just one of those you power through and uh, the people who were paying attention enjoyed it. And it, it's usually a rarity because people come to the show to usually watch the show. It's mm-hmm. just sometimes people get out, out of hand and don't know what they're getting into. And, I, and so I have forth. to backpedal a second here. Speaking yeah. of performances that people sort of aren't expecting and many mm-hmm. people are drinking, we had a halftime show as well. Oh, really? <laughs> T-Pain. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah Listen, yeah. I don't know how familiar you are with T-Pain's work. Um, not a lot. Well, let Auto, me tell you, you are. You just don't realize it. Yeah. Tons of hits. Yeah. Catalogs of hits. He sure. can only play like at a, at a short set like that. Mm-hmm. He can only play like 20 seconds of each song because mm. he just has so many hits. This guy, this is, I'm just going to put this out there. This guy should be the halftime show at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Nobody would be complaining about a T-Pain halftime. Plus he does all these other songs that are with other artists. You bring them out. I mean, come on. Yeah. You have yourself an enjoyable halftime. The production looked great. They have a live band too, like at Mm -hmm. the Vegas games, which is interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure it's the right fit, by the way. A live band? Yeah. No, because it's like cellos and violins. (laughs) So like, you know, like in between kickoffs Mm -hmm. and things like that, they'll play like music to pump up the crowd. There are a couple of moments where I'm thinking... Maybe just play the track, you know? <laughs> yeah, that sounds more like an orchestra. Like, you'd think, like, more marching band for, you know, a uh, football yeah, stadium. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, just a side note there. I will say T-Pain had his own tracks. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's funny. <laughs> but, yeah, great halftime performance. Was glad I got to get a little show business in the middle of the, uh, in the, middle oh, yeah. of the sporting event. Made me feel right at home. That's great. That's really fun. Um, yeah. Let's jump it back to Speakeasy for a second. The other thing I wanted to bring up is, and I want to ask you if you have experience with this, is after the show, uh, a friend of mine uh, was helping out uh, with a proposal that happened at Speakeasy. Okay. So, uh, Mark, and, Cal- and your friend, the performer, was going to be in on this and facilitate it and. One yeah. of the couple did not know, I'm assuming. Occasionally after the show's over, a uh, few of the performers will sit down to an extra set if there's like a, you know, some sort of special occasion or if there's friends there, you know, if they didn't get to see them, they'll perform. So uh, Mark Calabrese, again, was involved. Uh, we've brought him up several times on this podcast. Uh, he got to do an extra set, but he was in on it. He knew the guy was going to be proposing, uh, but I was just like, Man, I hope you asked like how long they knew each other first. Like, got all the details because like I don't know what would be in that situation. It was like, is this a first date? And it's just a very overzealous. Like, right. <laughs> no, no, not, not, just half kidding there. But uh, the uh, but no, you never know. I did yeah. one once many years ago, and I just yeah. was like, how sure are you? She's saying yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, we were like, should we be rooting for them to say no because that's a better story? Like, <laughs> 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 no, no. But no. they were very nice. They were very nice. Uh, what he did was he actually took uh the ring and he put it in a pouch and it like vanished and then when it came back he dumped it into the guy's hand and he goes is that your ring and it wasn't it was then the diamond ring that he then got on one knee and proposed so i'm wondering do have you and it was very very nice and everyone was kind of watching and cheering and it was it was a really great moment uh at the end of the show uh but have you you've done a proposal in your show and how have you approached it have you done a magic trick with it what was the effect 
Tell me um, about it. Walk me through. Yeah, I have not accepted one uh, in Vegas particularly, but I did uh, did accept one once for a road show at Turning Stone Casino in New York. I think that's where this was mm-hmm. in Syracuse, upstate New York. Sure. Verona, Verona, New York, which yep. is actually the property basically where you and I met. Yeah, exactly. But this exactly. was years after that. Yeah. Um, and someone had somehow reached out ahead of time. And uh, for whatever reason, I, th- you know, I, I really hesitate to do these things mm. um, for no Why other reason other than it's kind of, I don't know, it's inter- It's flattering that someone would want you to, you know, be part of their special moment. It's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. But um, it's also like highly personal for them. Right. I don't know. It's just. It's a lot of pressure on you as the performer <laughs> to be added into this intimate moment i feel and it's yeah got- maybe it's sort of an unnecessary yeah. pressure right yeah, and yeah, um yeah. i enjoy doing it i will say mm-hmm. but also i'm not i don't want to it's not like the type of thing where it's a request that i hope to like do all the time and if you do one mm-hmm. and like there's a video right that leads to multiple yeah many maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah. or many requests certainly sure, sure. so um, anyway, for whatever reason, I thought, you know, I had probably had some of these requests before, never done it. I thought I should do that. I should at least try this at some point and mm-hmm. see how I feel about it. Cause mm-hmm. I like trying new things. Yeah. So I said, yes. And it was on stage during the actual theatrical perform a ticketed performance. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what the effect was. That's like my next oh, part wow. of the story yeah. is I don't remember how I incorporated it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do remember it went well. I do remember her saying yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I do remember that it wasn't difficult to sort of like have that moment and have the audience really enjoy it as well because it is like a nice touching moment. Right. And then like be able to steer things back to the show again, which right. is like, that was, again, I don't remember that being difficult, but like it still remains a concern for me to this day, right? Like if I do that during a show, it is tricky. now I have to steer things back, which right. feels tricky. Which is why this was nice because it was at the end of the sh- night, right? The, right. The, the awkward part was everyone just thought he was doing a full set because it was other people at the table too. So you're talking about like, you know, you had to play to the people that were non-football players in your show as well. Right. You know, it wasn't just about the, that. So um, right. So he, he knew he was leading up to this. So he was doing his full set and getting everyone else at the table involved. And then just the last thing he did, he then switched gears to focus on the couple and uh and added that and then it ended nicely and he could say thank you and but but yeah no i think i think there's a pressure standpoint because you don't want to ruin this special moment right right so if well, something yeah. goes wrong or someone like you know is like you know every once in a while it'll be like that you know the person's like let me see the other side of those cards it's like just follow the magic especially now or like whatever you're doing because you want the the result to be as clean and perfect as possible I have also had moment. proposals happen at, in situations without my permission as well. Oh, during the show? Um, during like uh, other types of meetings or meet and greets. I've had mm-hmm. it happen on multiple occasions. Um, so having had that, like been present for that, that yeah. also sort of sways my decision. Also, I think that situation that Mark was in is kind of perfect. It's after the show. Now you're doing yeah. something casual. Yeah. Whereas if like I'm doing a full evening show, 
ending it feels like it could be right with that, but like that's not really how you want to end your show. Right. Right? That doesn't quite <laughs> exactly. feel right. And like people remember the beginning and the end, right? Yeah. Is that what you want them walking away remembering? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess what's coming? More requests. Yeah. For yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden you're the wedding guy. But I mean in a casual situation yeah. when the show's kind of over yeah. and you're doing extra, that's different, I think. Yeah. Um, because you can't really be like, oh, congrats to the couple. Now back to me. Um. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It could, it can, that can, can be tricky. Yeah. Um, I do. I do. I don't know how quickly you want to get to riddles and trivia, but I want to ask you a question about sure. uh, the idea of with this football team being there. If, if we can, can we pedal yeah, to yeah. that? Did yeah, you yeah. get more on the uh, the, no, the no. proposal? That was it. Yeah. Like with a group like that, forget if it's football players or or you know, mm-hmm. it could be anything. It could be a, a chess club or ballerinas or anything. But it's like a homogeneous group is the point mm. that know each other. Um, and they all are the same age bracket, right? Yeah. There's something homogeneous about it. I think that's the right word to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you find that to be an easier audience? Say, for example, college students versus, say, like um, what you expect like a Vegas audience to be, which is a much wider hodgepodge of people from all walks of life. Do you consider one easier than the other, having done different things? No, I think it's just a mentality going into it because, I mean, especially I do a lot of these corporate events where everyone's from the same company. So it's all a lot of the same demographic. They're all doing literally the same job. So normally when I'm doing any crowd work and I'm just like, where are you from? Or like, what do you do? It's always the same answer, right? So I can play into that if I know ahead of time and I can like make a joke, especially as a mind reader, be like, let me guess, you also work in car dealerships, you know? Like you're also, you know, so like, what are the odds? And then it's funny when you get like a spouse or someone who's there who's not part of the company and you ask what they do and be like oh good someone different <laughs> you know like right you play right. up those moments um so i think it's just a mentality going in and uh and i do like to ask like when i do my colleges i ask like what are the typical majors like if there's like if it's like a school that's like everyone's here pre-med you know right, that, right. then that's different when it's you know more general you know degrees of all different types of studies uh so then i could be like oh what a surprise same idea like what a surprise oh you happen to be pre-med mind mm-hmm, reader you mm-hmm, know like those mm-hmm. those kind of lines and just playing that up uh so yeah yeah i think it's just uh, having a heads up is nice so i can oh, riff right. off it but uh otherwise i think either either is fine yeah, I think yeah. either is fine. And I do think it depends what you're used to. Like, I'm obviously more used to the the wide range at this mm-hmm. moment in mm-hmm. life. So like that to me is simply easier just from like, yeah, it's what I'm doing all the time. Um, I think the most challenging is is kind of like this situation where there is there is a, a focused huge portion yeah. of the yeah. audience that does know each other and then a portion that doesn't. That's mm-hmm. an interesting dynamic to play. But the show went really well, yeah. like I said, but very, very different energy than what I'm used to. Um, and every audience is different, but this one was markedly different, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's great. So there yeah. you have it. Very cool. Well, Matt, what do we say we jump over to some riddles? Please. Time for Diddle Me This. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles! Okay, this one you might have to write down some numbers. Uh, But I'll read them out loud for our audio listeners as well. But it does help to just look at this. So four numbers I'm going to have you write down. Actually, three numbers and a question mark. So the I have obtained a pen. 
Okay, I want you to write down the number 16. One six. Got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next to that, um, six, but put the zero before the six. So zero six. Mm-hmm. Then a question mark. Mm-hmm. And then 88, or two eights next to each other. Okay. So the riddle is, what goes in the question mark? 16, 06, question mark, 88. So... I might have a little bit of an advantage here because I had to write this down as opposed to just read it off of something. So I know that that zero six is probably relevant. It is relevant. Yes. So I feel like that's a little bit of an advantage. Otherwise, looking at this, you could think it was like purely mathematical, mm-hmm. whereas six and zero six in mathematics is the same thing. Right. So in this case, it's obviously different. <laughs> So does it have to do with, okay, what goes in the question mark? Is it like two digits again, or you can't tell me that? Um, That's a good assumption. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) So like the one turns into a zero, the zero turns into an eight. If we're looking at just the left column of each set of two numbers, and the six stays a six and then becomes an eight. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's no plus or minus signs in between any of these numbers. Nope, it's just sequential. Like you're looking, uh, you could put commas in between if you want. Um, okay, but um, but you could just list them as is. Uh, but you're trying to figure out what goes into the question mark. Obviously, start to look for patterns. If there is anything mathematical between them, that's a good way to approach it. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're looking for anything like that. Well, eighty-eight is my birth year. So I don't know if that how that plays into this, mm-hmm. and uh, if, so so yeah, it could be twenty, it could be nineteen eighty eight, it could be twenty sixteen, it could be nineteen sixty nine, it could be anything. Yeah, but at how, the moment, so I'm glad first you haven't seen this because this is a popular one that I had seen oh. before, um, mm-hmm. but I, I really like this one because uh, of its outside the box thinking a little bit. So I'm glad you have not seen this. So you, it didn't come to you right away. No, without trying to take two hours on this thing, just right off the bat, I'm not seeing any correlation between these numbers. Mm -hmm. My first inclination, like I said, is to do columns and they'll be like, all right, how did that one become a zero and then become an eight, which there are no plus or minus signs. So like, why would that be? Um, 16, 6, 88. Are these historical references that I'm not thinking of? Is this a date? I'll I'll love talking out the work. It's you'd be a good millionaire contestant, which you've done. <laughs> <laughs> um, June sixteenth. If we're doesn't the UK put the month first? Uh, some countries some countries put the month first. So this yeah. could be June sixteenth. Oh, we we put the month first. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I meant the day first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like this could be June sixteenth, nineteen eighty eight. But that uh, oh hmm yeah no. All is right. the question mark equidistant between the six and the 88? Yeah, you're just trying to figure out what fills that question mm, mark. I have no idea. All right, so do you want to make a guess just to throw it out there? Maybe maybe you'll stumble Yeah, seven. It. Seven. Um, no. <laughs> so here's your hint. Mm-hmm. Um, flip the way you're thinking about it. Okay. Literally flip the way you're thinking about it. Like to turn it upside down? Go ahead, take a look. Does that I help? I have eight, eight, ninety, ninety-one. Mm-hmm. You have eighty-eight, 
blank. Oh, oh. 90. Right, 91. so that's going to be 89 <laughs> when be... I place it this way. So it's what, 68? 68 is correct. <laughs> <laughs> that's tough. Yeah, so it is all about perspective and just mm. using, uh, and it's the only sequence that really works that way because once you get into sevens and other other digits, they don't flip as easily. But these all happen to be reversible numbers uh, upside down. So, uh, not an easy one. Not an easy one, but one of my favorites. So mm -hmm. let's uh, jump over to trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure. Pressure, pressure, trivia, pressure, trivia time. I will ask you the same question a series of times with different choices. Okay, great. Kind of like we did last week. So the question is, which American TV series featured the given cast members? Okay, I could maybe do this. This sounds up my alley. Michael C. Morona, Danny Tamborelli. Judy Graff and Allison Finelli. Oh, so these are actor names instead of character names. That oh, is correct. That makes it a little harder. Uh, one more time, repeat the, uh, the actors. Michael C. Morona, Danny Tamborelli, Judy Graff, and Allison Finelli. Danny Tamborelli is the only one that sounds vaguely familiar, but I can't place it. What are the choices? You have choices? Moesha. Mm -hmm. Lex. Mm -hmm. The Adventures of Pete and Pete, Due mm -hmm. South. Is that The Adventures of Pete and Pete is my guess. That's my guess also. Now it's, I don't know. You want me to lock that in? Yeah, I'm locking that I'm, in. I'm pretty confident. Yeah. It is correct. Yeah. <laughs> we have more. How many, how many of these are we doing? <laughs> how many do you want to do? I have 10. Okay, let's do it. Let's see how fast <laughs> they go. <laughs> Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. All right. Sally Wheeler. Mm-hmm. Christopher Sieber? <laughs> S-I-E-B-E-R. Okay. That's it? Oh. Yes. Okay. But I think I know this one as well, so that means you know this one. Well, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen is full house. Unless but that done, is not a choice here. Unless they've done other... Uh, oh, they've definitely done other. They did movies TV and everything. Have you TV never seen shows. these? <laughs> Maybe. I thought these were going to be like 90s sitcoms. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, they are. What what is the uh I I don't know the other two actors, so Oh okay. So uh, let's see if you can yeah. deduce this. Yeah. General Hospital. I don't think that's it. <laughs> X Men. Mm. Also no. Two of a kind. Hmm. <laughs> Touched by an angel. How about two of a kind? <laughs> Question three. Here we go. <laughs> see if these get any more difficult here. Yeah, uh, just keep doing twins with uh <laughs> TV shows that have to do with twins. Roma Downey, mm -hmm. Della Reese, mm. John Dye, Valerie Bertinelli. Okay, I've heard of Valerie Bertinelli. I can't think of the show that okay. comes to mind right away. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Mm -hmm. Touched by an Angel? Mm -hmm. The Sentinel? Mm -hmm. Pete and Pete. Well, since it came up again, I want to say Touched by an Angel. But it could that be. is correct. Yeah, okay, good. That was my guess, too. We're doing good together. as a team here. We should maybe just do five of these. So we're three out for three so far. That's fair. Patrick Duffy. Okay, I'm on board already. This, I have two thoughts already that this could be. Keep going. Suzanne Summers. Okay, I know it. I know it. What is it? This is step by step. 
That is correct. <laughs> Number five. All right, here we go. Ooh. Rachel Blanchard. Mm-hmm. Stacy Dash. Yeah. David Lasher and Donald Faison? Faison. Faison. <laughs> That was, uh, I mean, that's the move. Some of them were in the movie Clueless, but is that one of the, uh, was that a TV show too? Yes, uh, it was. It was. Is that correct? That is correct. <laughs> All right. Thirty-five <laughs> five questions. Yay. All right. Five for five. I'll give it, I'll take it. I'll take it, Matt. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Matt, um, I, have you gotten into this? Uh, I, I saw you post uh, your photos. I posted my photos, but have you gotten into this AI kick? I need someone to teach me how to do it, man. I mean, I got the app. I've paid the $3 a few times over, mm-hmm. and I'm just still not getting the results as some of my uh, friends out here. And Sure. I, I don't know. I don't understand. I picked the photos carefully. I cropped them. I picked ones that I thought were flattering, and uh, I'm just still not, not turning up results equivalent, but it is what it is. Maybe I just uh, – it's not for me. <laughs> The, how, how are you doing with it? Uh, I had some good ones. I had some very bad ones that came out as well. But um, but AI is super popular right now. Everyone's talking about not only the photos, but the uh, chat GPT. Uh, I just saw an article from a teacher that said that they f- caught their first um, a student using chat GPT to write an essay, a homework assignment. And it was like you just typed in a prompt and the AI fills out an essay for you. And it's almost impossible to tell uh, unless you use some other software to like pick up on flags of things from the AI to show that it was not the student writing it, right? So wow. like we're getting into a place where AI is like being slowly becoming more uh, undiscernible from what uh, you know humans are creating. Uh, and the more you feed a lot of these AI systems, the more accurate it's going to be. Right. Mm-hmm, so that was like mm-hmm. the big warners warnings with like feeding the photos. And if you're not using the right photos, like it's going to, you know, learn your image and stuff like that. So I'm thinking, how does this affect magic? Is there a way where magic is eventually going to be AI generated, either coming up with effect ideas, prompts, so forth? Um do you see a world where AI magic could be a thing and we could, uh, you know, basically being use computers to create illusions or like recreations of in video or picture form or at least coming up with premises? Uh, th- it kind of blows my mind to start thinking about the possibilities and how that affects, you know, us and our profession as well. Uh, but any initial thoughts? Yeah, it seems pretty like futuristic and and mm-hmm. out of my league here, but it is mm-hmm. kind of the reality based on some of what we're seeing already. Um, I'd like to think that I'd be at the forefront of something like this, an early adopter of this, but it's it's not something I'm I really understand. I think I I I, I don't understand how that's even a thing that like <laughs> is it robots is it the cloud what exactly is allowing this like is it just a one big magic trick and they're really just like taking the picture and like for in the picture example and then like right someone's actually yeah that's because that's interesting like is it like the modern day uh, version of like an automaton where like you're creating something that looks like it's doing something right and and there were versions in magic history where it was something mechanical but actually needed a person underneath to do the real thing and then they just pretended it was 
a self-operating automaton robot. But um, right, yeah. and I think we can say here, like the famous one was the chess player. It was an mm-hmm. automaton that could just beat anyone in the world at chess. Right, and they had like a paraplegic chess champion hiding inside it. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> Isn't that what it was? They were just doing the moves and then making the robot, yeah. Do, like, compete. that's insane. Yeah. And, like, yeah. imagine the pressure if you're the guy yeah. in the in the chess automaton right. and, like, you, you just right. simply <laughs> cannot lose. It's not even an option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think, yeah. So it is kind of funny to think, like, we're feeding all these images to a computer program and just someone's Photoshopping them. <laughs> right, like, right. Someone's just sitting back there. <laughs> But like based on some of the results I got, let me tell you, they they just they need another lesson in Photoshop. <laughs> no, so this is all algorithm, and they're teaching it to learn, and like it's, right. it's learning based off of everything else. So, um, uh, one of the pieces I think I talked about it in the past, I I went to an art exhibit my friend uh, Jeanette Andrews is doing, where she is explain uh, exploring this uh, human created magic versus AI created magic. She uh, inputted a bunch of. Um, magic uh catalogs to an ai generator and it output a bunch of uh unique new premises for magic some that don't make sense because it's taking pieces and kind of compiling it all together um and then it was about her performing these pieces along with real magic tricks and seeing if people can discern the difference which were actual ones from catalogs and which ones were ai generated mm-hmm. and you know some stuff in magic is bizarre to begin with like turning a you know a flower into an egg you know you wouldn't think like that just seems bizarre to begin with so like when you know a, the ai creates something else equally weird but didn't exist in magic you know she found a way to to recreate that uh using mm-hmm. magic so that was a fun way so i know people are already exploring this like you know what Jeanette's doing is really great and fascinating i, I love it um but uh i wanted to see matt if I could put this to the test a little okay. bit. Okay. So I, uh, I wanted to just know if my job was in jeopardy. Um, <laughs> so I opened up a uh, chat GPT, which is the new like text-based, uh, you can like do all sorts of things. You can have, you know, it, you can say like, write me a line of code to do this and it'll just generate it for you. So like, that's crazy enough. Like if you're doing websites or whatever. Uh, but, um, So I put in the prompt, and I'm trying to find it here. Uh, I said, write some new jokes about magic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I wanted to see how it does with comedy and magic. And how many did you get? I, I got 10 back. So I'm oh. going re- to read these. And we're this is see. why we don't do all, all 10 of those trivia questions, because yeah. I want to know all 10 of these jokes. <laughs> that is for sure. So we'll see how good a AI-generated uh, magic jokes are. <laughs> and comedy subjective. So it's definitely important the listeners chime in on here uh, and oh, how yeah. you feel about the jokes. But mm-hmm. continue. Uh-huh. All right. So this is what I got back from the AI bot. Why was the magician's assistant feeling depressed? Because mm. she had a lot of low magic. A lot of low magic. Yep, that's number one. Number two. L-O-W. Yep. <laughs> Here's the okay, next so, one. Yeah, well, the AI is going to way to go on round one. I got to read all this. <laughs> I know. Why, Take why, your time. Why did the magician turn his friend into a chicken? Why? Because he was exasperated. Not bad, not bad. That's a similar joke for. <laughs> okay. Using the pun on egg, 
Mm-hmm. What did mm-hmm. the magician say when he pulled a rabbit out of his hat? What? Tada fur. Yep. <laughs> okay. By the way, uh, I'm just going to say at this moment, I'm used to uh, saying jokes uh, with punchlines and getting this exact silent reaction. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's see. Keep going. Uh, Why was the magician's show always empty? Why? Because every time he pulled a rabbit out of his hat, it was a hair today, gone tomorrow. Oh. Not bad. That one's clever. Why I think was, that's the best one so far. What so, number was that? Four? Four, yeah. That, why, okay, number five. Why, why was the magician kicked out of the bar? Because why? he kept trying to pull beers out of thin air. Okay. I, I, I kind of like how funny that is as a non-joke. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> why, uh, number six. Why did the magician go to the doctor? Mm, why? Because he had a disappearing act. These are great. These are so good. I'm going to just read these in my show. All right, number seven. (laughs) What did the magician say when he saw the card he pulled out of his hat? What? I choose you, Pikachu. (laughs) Okay. That's my new favorite. (laughs) I don't get it, but I like it. (laughs) It's just such a non sequitur. Love it. Uh, Number eight. Why did the magician's act fail? Because he Why? was always pulling rabbits out of thin air, and the audience could see right through him. Mm, okay. okay. Nine. What did the magician say when he saw the disappearing act go wrong? What? Abracadabra, dabra. <laughs> that might be the worst. <laughs> that might be the worst. It's literally one word with a dash and an extra dabra at the end. Anyway, and last but not least, uh, number ten. Why was the magician's show always boring? Because Why? every time he performed a magic trick, it was just a mirage. Hmm. <laughs> so mm. it's got some ways to go. Uh, yeah, I, it needs help. And uh, so I don't feel threatened by AI magic joke writing <laughs> at the moment. Um, right. But again, it is that uh, interesting thing where you're seeing it happen with a lot of art. You know, AI art is a big thing, and they're they're drawing from. I mean, there's a big controversy right now about how it's it's using other artist styles to aggregate these new images, and how we really should be, you know, supporting the actual human artist that it's quote ripping off as yeah. inspiration. But again, art is inspired by uh, by others all the time, right? It's so. true. It's true. So you got that debate on, you know, what what is insp- inspiring those artists and who they're pulling from uh, mm-hmm. as well. But I think, you know, in terms of something so subjective as comedy and art and like what hits and resonates, I think that's the thing that it's going to be hard when it gets indecipherable and it actually starts doing good versions. But I, it's, it's nice to know that art is being right now um, cherished as a human endeavor and you could really tell the human input in it and Mm -hmm. i think that's that's the thing we're gonna have to try and really we'll we'll get finer discerning it as it gets more accurate to be like this is an ai generated thing versus this is a human output thing right Uh, and i think that's the part that we're gonna be like all right that's fantastic i did just punch in a couple things of just like show me a a idea for a new magic trick premise and i mean it was just like you know, take four cards out. Like it was just basically doing stuff that seemed common from a magic book. Right. Um, they weren't coming up with like creative things. Right. Right. So it was all mm-hmm. just taking stuff from the knowledge base it already had 
and try and put it just in new words. So it's like, hey Siri. I mean, it's 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 a uh, it's mm-hmm. it's searching mm-hmm. the web or searching some dark web or something. Yeah, it's <laughs> for information that is stored database. somewhere. It's searching its database and then like making new decisions based off the information it has, which is what artificial intelligence is mimicking what we do in our brains, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's not quite there at the moment for this certain application. And I'm sure right. it's helpful in other applications as well. Uh, but I just thought that was interesting. I thought that would be fun <laughs> to read those on the podcast. Very cool. And just remember, uh, I choose you Pikachu. <laughs> Throwing it in the show tonight. That's it. Yeah. Just ship it. as a non sequitur, it might work. It might Zero work. continuity there. And and if it doesn't work, just be like, sorry, that was an AI generated joke. I think that's, <laughs> that's pretty good. I think, I think I'm going to just start saying that when my jokes don't land. That's it. Yeah. Like, Yo, sorry, I, I did that. That was an AI, AI generated <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Um, Matt, let's jump over to our goals. Um,. What did you have for last week? You wanted to have a good sh- video shoot planning. Have you done the video shoot yet? Big shoot coming up this week. And it's fun, too, because it's all content for the show. So it's actually, you know, we design it like a film shoot. You know, mm-hmm. the, the schedule is done. I received the call sheet. I know when I have to be, where I have to be. There are some some of it we're doing at the theater. Some of it's done in public places, off-site. Uh, some are outdoor locations. Some are indoor locations. We've got the team together. Wow. It's going to be a fun one, fun couple days. So I'm looking forward to that. That goal carries over. That does sound good. That sounds very fun. Uh, my goal is to do more writing and be present. Uh, so I tried to do writing with the help of AI. Not so successful. <laughs> <laughs> there are no shortcuts, gentlemen. No, no, no. But I did I did write some more, uh, especially for this one routine that I've been writing for years now. Um, Great. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm we're, we're trying, to, trying to inch my way. Uh, forward on that so i'm gonna continue writing but also i'm gonna try and um organize my kitchen that's a project for cool me, so. that's a good goal i like <laughs> yeah. that goal. uh and continue writing uh and then yeah matt any recommendations recommendations i always forget that we do the recommendations yeah just anything it could be a magic book that's just like you're one of your go-to's or was influential to you when you were starting out i think people should i think people should explore alan ackerman's work um Mm. we had a session recently alan i mean if you if you're into card magic you have something on your shelf most likely right uh or or even something in your repertoire that you don't realize uh, even if it's just a move never mind a routine uh that's that's alan's if you had michael amar's easy to master card miracles you know you've come Mm. across this stuff Um, anyway, so anyway, we had a session. He came to the show, which happened to be that football show. Oh, very funny. And it was his first time. So that was fun. We didn't even acknowledge the fact that it was, you know, yeah. uh, unorthodox, so to speak, uh, night. But, um, anyway, check out his work. That's great. Uh, I'm still on a holiday movie kick. In fact, I went to my favorite museum here in, uh, New York, uh, the museum of the moving image and got to uh, see a talk back and um, kind of um, a behind the scenes look uh, celebrating its 30th anniversary of a Muppets Christmas Carol. 
uh, which is so much fun. If you, uh, I definitely encourage everyone to revisit it. Michael Caine at his finest as Scrooge, with all the Muppets playing the various parts of the famous Dickens novel. So uh, it was really fun to uh, see uh, uh, Craig Shemin, who's the head of the Henson Legacy, kind of show some behind the scenes stories uh, and introduce the movie, and then we get to watch the movie in the nice awesome. theater. So uh, I'll recommend uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. Awesome. Uh, well, Matt, where can people see your show? At the link. Okay. <laughs> if you want your tickets, you visit <laughs> Ticketmaster.com. Uh, we're performing through the end of the year and revamping our uh, technology and so on in, in January for uh, the updated kind of 2.0, or I don't know what to call it, 3.0 at this yeah. point, uh, in February of 2023 on sale through the beginning of uh, the summer. So, and more dates to come very, very soon as well. Come on out and see a show. Absolutely. Uh, again, I'll be at Speakeasy Magic quite a bit this month uh, uh, as we're doing the holidays. I'm at City Winery at Magic in a Bottle on the 27th of December, uh, which is a few days after this uh, this episode comes out. Uh, also going to be uh, performing for those VIPs in the, the casino in Oregon. Uh, so we're a VIP there. And then lots to come in the new year. Um, so hopefully there'll be some public shows I'll be announcing. But you can visit all my uh, public shows at Linktree slash E. Diddleman. Uh, or just if you want to book me for a private show, ericdiddleman.com. Uh, while we're doing plugs, we also have to thank our fantastic uh, producers uh, from our Patreon. So uh, let's give a big shout out and a thank you for supporting the show to Dr. Bob Baker, James Dawson, and Jesse Miller. And then just a reminder, Matt, uh, coming up, we are going on hiatus. So if you haven't listened to the last episode, uh, we're taking on a little break. Uh, could be a long break. We don't know. We're going to gauge it out, see if we come back from this. But uh, we've been having a lot of fun doing this. But, uh, Matt, you're going to take some time off, yes? Yeah, so this is our second to last episode of uh, of this season, at least. Yes. 130 episode season. <laughs> season one. <laughs> <laughs> season one of uh, Mind Over Magic, um, which which we do love doing. And like I said, it's not something we, we take lightly, having to take a step back. Um, but... As, as you know, it would be unlike me to, to not always uh, put family first. So, of course, mm-hmm. with the baby on the way, lots of exciting changes, many of which I'm not even aware of yet. So uh, I'm excited and, and mm-hmm. overwhelmed at the moment. So mm-hmm. I'm smiling ear to ear while I'm saying this because uh, it's, a, it's a big life step. Absolutely. So I, is, I'm going to just is. make sure I'm ready for it. Yeah, that's great. And if you do miss us during our hiatus, we have all those back episodes. You could go back to hear how this started in the middle of a pandemic as we slowly got out of lockdown and then back into live shows, uh, which I think is just great to have that we have that as a record, Matt, of this weird time uh, in, in our performance careers to, to, to experience a pandemic and, and how we grew out of it. Uh, but uh, and, and, and if you do find clips or episodes that you enjoy, you know, you can always share those with friends as well. Uh, and, uh, you know, because uh, those those will exist. Uh, f- so uh, feel free to check it out. You go to our website, mindovermagicpodcast.com. It's got all the back episodes or just go back through your podcatcher and check those out. And if you have nice things to say, we'd love to still connect uh, via our socials at mindmagicpod. Uh, so, yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, we appreciate you being here, listening, uh, and uh, it's always good talking with you, Matt. I believe. Likewise, brother. The episode 
is over. <laughs>